Brum, brum, brum. You're just shredding as I slap the bass. Typical. Slap at the bass. Yeah, man. What is this new tea? I like this. I don't know. It's very good. It's not mine. I know. Sarah, if you're listening to this, I stole your tea. Sorry. It's delicious. Yeah. Welcome back to the Christ in Culture. This is Clint. And this is Gordon. Thank you for joining us again this week. Gordon, what are you intaking as far as media this week? Uh, actually, I got my list. I got a list. I got a list. Here's the order <laughs> of my list. So, actually, we were just talking about this before we turned the mics on, but I watched Bird Box. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which has been like a huge hit in much different ways. Not even just in the movie, but like... I've heard very love-hate opinions. You love it. Some people hate it. Okay, I don't... First, I don't, like, love it, because it's not, like... The movie's good. I loved it for more of the actors that were in it, because I knew nothing about it. I didn't even know Sandra Bullock was in it, which most people... Okay, you didn't. It looks like by the shape you kind of did. But it was, like, a lot of big-name actors, because Lizzie watched it, and then I watched it. Okay. And... One thing that Lizzie's heard from different people is, like, it's the atheist version of A Quiet Place. Yeah, this is what someone told me, and I was telling yeah. her about that. and every time someone says that to Lizzie, like, she, she gets, just, like, flames just start, like, steam coming out of her ears. She's Oof. like, it's not that at all. So it's it's interesting. I, I plan to be doing some stuff for us okay. on that cool. in the future, so we'll, we'll talk about it. But And if you don't want to wait until then, go check out Bishop Barron's article on yeah. Word on Fire blog. It's on our Facebook yeah, it's on our Facebook and Twitter, too, so you can check out his stuff. But Bird Box. Yeah, I watched that. It's good. It's gory. So if you don't like seeing different ways people die, then I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> uh, I got a book from a friend that I've been slowly reading. I read, like, the first part, and then I keep meaning to pick it back up, and I just haven't yet, but it's called Champions of the Rosary. Oh, cool. Uh, and it's pretty much the history of the rosary, how we came to be, and different people in the past that have that have become like champions of using it and using mary as intercessors so like saint louis de montfort's in there and saint benedict apparently who's the one who founded the rosary and yeah i know yeah there's a, a lot of different like opinions on the origin of the rosary it, but it he, speaks he's, about that he's yeah. one of them yeah, yeah. so i been slowly read, reading through that and then the last thing i kind of been intaking is i've been reading a magazine yeah with articles in it yeah so i don't know a whole lot about about it either but we are reading a magazine together we have the same spiritual director his name is father clint yeah i finally just rescheduled spiritual direction oh really um from because i have a car now yeah i have a vehicle as of this week yeah (laughs) yeah so we have the same spiritual director he's actually the chaplain for the nfl football team the the texans so that's pretty cool I always forget that. I know. It's it's pretty neat. But he recommended that we kind of, uh, the two of us and then one of our friends, Nick, go through this magazine. And it's a spiritual magazine put out by the Focolari movement, which is a a Catholic group, and kind of just reflect together. So that's what we're we're doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What about you? (laughs) 
Okay, so <laughs> I've actually been taking in a lot of podcasts recently. So Pint of the Coinus, I think I've crushed like 40 episodes in the last week or two. And then Word on Fire show, been listening to a ton of that over break and uh, still a few of those. Catching Foxes, started listening to them again. And then, honestly, I'm wa- listening to the early episodes of the Christian culture. Oh. And holy cow, we were so bad. Like, I don't know how you guys listened to us back then. Well, it's interesting because, like, not much has changed. I I feel like... As mm, far as, like, it's not like the equipment's different from then or the... But we know how to use the equipment now. Yeah. That's the big thing. There were some where the audio was just so bad. I literally skipped through some of the episodes. Let's actually talk about how from the beginning Christ and culture and now is like an allegory to our spiritual life <laughs> how we grow and that's what and today's become better are. versions of ourselves through <laughs> trial and error yeah and through your support because a lot of you guys have helped us through <laughs> like is. the last year and a half too totally which is part of the reason why we're able to grow feedback and stuff like that and i think part of it is just we're more comfortable with this yeah now you know we know what to look for and what to do and stuff like that so We've been able to grow ourselves, too. And it's growing even further. So stay tuned for those announcements because there's a lot of stuff coming up that we've been saying in the past couple weeks. That's kind of uh, what I've been taking in there. As far as I'm reading a book right now called New Proofs on the Existence of God by Edward Fazer. Cool. So it's basically like how Thomas Aquinas has his like five proofs. This is like the new proofs. Oh. It's as if the old ones weren't good enough yeah well now we have 10 proofs 10 proofs for the existence of god there you go so in last week's episode though i said i was going to share a story so like i said previously i went back to visit my family and friends for christmas and the holidays and stuff and the last day that i was back i went to visit some of my friends from high school and college and i was at my friend sarah's house and i was leaving and she currently lives in the town where I went to college. So I felt pretty confident driving around. I was going to take a new way home when I was leaving. And I was driving my mom's car because I flew back, so I didn't have a car. And on the new way home, quote unquote new way, I didn't realize that the snow plows had not cleared the road mm. because I found out that it wasn't a real road. It was just like a road that goes through a park, but never actually goes out on the other side. So I was going down a, a, a dead end road and it was not cleared. And so I thought if I kept going forward there, like I was close to the exit, there wasn't an exit. And so I get to this hill and I go up and about halfway up the hill, stop moving. Right. So I'm spinning out on the ice cause it's just completely covered in ice and I'm like, okay, I need to get out of here. So I put it in reverse. And when I do that, the car starts sliding towards the cliff because I'm on a hill. And I'm like, oh, no. So I like start panicking because it's my mom's car. Mm-hmm. So I throw it in park, call my mom. And I'm like, hey, mom, uh, your car's stuck. Don't panic. I'm not dead. And I'll let you know how it goes. Goodbye. <laughs> and then I like, like, like left a message. No, I, oh. I, yeah, it was just a really short, like, stay calm. Everything's fine. Your car's stuck, but I'll take care of it. (laughs) 
And then I realized like I'm not getting anywhere. So I called Sarah and Tia, who I gave a shout out to last time, and they came to help and we couldn't get anywhere. And so Sarah went to go get some more help from some of the guys. So maybe we could push the car. And before she gets back, I'm like, I'm just going to try one thing. And so I go forward and it swings the car the other direction. So I'm like, wait a second. So I literally fishtailed the car down this hill, like on a sheet of ice over and over for about 45 minutes until like I, I get to the bottom. So I'm basically like bringing it a foot or two from like the edge where I go like off the hill and then same the other direction until I get back to the bottom. And so it was like this very terrifying story. I was telling this to my teens this late week. The part that was scariest was not the falling off the cliff part. It was having to tell my mom that I got her car stuck. Because <laughs> you, you guys know, like, the most terrifying thing is, like, not like, oh, I'm going to get hurt. But it's, like, when you know you did something bad and you have to tell your parents. My mom always jokes that we have a tone in our voice when we call her and we're, like, hey she's just like what's wrong or what do you need (laughs) (laughs) so don't get mad everything's fine i'm dead no (laughs) yeah but yeah so that was basically what happened and so sarah and tia were there to help me nice so that's the story other than that like just like last week where you were talking about uh bianca and like these topics that have been requested Mm -hmm. i wanted to tackle one as well that's been requested not as long as some of the others but liz flores yeah from texas city yeah she has a request she requested two things and so i wanted to tackle one and that is something else i took in and watched last night i've seen it before but i rewatched it called collateral beauty okay um and i want to say to liz like i'm not mad at you but will smith makes two types of movies he makes like really great but funny movies and then he makes like seven pounds i am legend where like you're crying and sitting in like your pool of tears (laughs) so i was watching this movie last night and i kept thinking i was done crying and then something else would happen i'm just like i hate this oh my gosh yeah i need to go watch this it's so sad is it good it's it's good i i remember thinking as i put it on like this isn't one of his better ones and then I watched it again, and I was like, actually, this is a really good movie. You watched it twice? No, 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 I meant, like, last night wasn't the first time I watched it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And so, I'm just going to open up with this movie, because I don't know if we'll really touch on it with kind of the quotes and, like, kind of what happens, but this movie really touches on the idea of, like, why do bad things happen to good people? Mm. Or just why do bad things happen? So, I don't know if you want to just, like, speak into that, and maybe as we talk, it would be an easy way to tie back to that idea if someone asked you like why does bad what are bad things or what does god let bad things happen yeah <laughs> big question so first off i want to say i'm not a, an apologist right. so if i mess something up please yeah. don't You're really just putting me. him on the spot here yeah oh, I'll, I'll try but before i even get into that this reminds me bishop baron was doing not a debate but kind of a kind of like a, an open panel basically and he was asked what is the most effective argument against like the existence of God. And he said, even though it's purely like an emotional argument, it's this one, mm-hmm. that, that bad thing happens, bad mm-hmm. things happen. Right. So this is a very real one. So 
With that being said, I think there's different types of bad things. So first off, there's bad things that like happen as consequences of what we do. Right. Right. So I think that's probably the easiest to kind of yeah. explain away because we have free will. Right. So God wants us to be able to love him. And in order to love him, we have to be able to choose to love him. Otherwise, it's not actually love. It's some kind of forced relationship. But also, to have a choice, you have to have an opposite choice. Right. So a choice to not love him, which is to do something that is evil. Right. Right. So since we've talked about this on previous episodes, God is the ultimate good, the ultimate reality. To choose something against him mm-hmm. would be to choose something that is not good. Right. Or what we would say in like philosophy terms, evil. Right. So why does evil happen? Those types of things happen because we choose against God. Yeah, you kind of explained it by saying it's a consequence of an action. Like, not like you did something and then the consequence, but something was evil was chosen. Yeah. And so that played out. Yeah. And then the other thing is, let's say um, something bad happens to you because of something your parents did. You know, so like people ask, like, why do we have original sin? We didn't do anything. That was Adam and Eve. But it's the same thing if, let's say, you are in your mother's womb and she drinks and smokes. You still have the side effects of what she did, even though it wasn't your fault. Right. So it's kind of that same thing where even though we didn't do anything, we still have the consequences of other people's actions. Actually, if you want a clear depiction of what it's like to live in a broken world and like something that's really like the Adam and Eve thing. Mm-hmm. That's what I think Bird Box is great for. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, maybe you'll get me to watch it yet. We'll see. <laughs> so that's kind of the first category is like things that happen because of our actions. The harder one, at least for myself to oh, explain, yeah. is why do things like hurricanes happen? Or the death of children, like accidental. Yeah. Like yeah. someone someone that dies before they should mm-hmm. of a natural cause. Yeah. So the best answer I have for these things, and like I said, I'm not an apologist, so please don't yell at me, is that through original sin, through that, that original sin, we have brought death into the world. And so because of that, and because of all of the brokenness within the world, and because Satan is real and does things, there are a lot of bad things that happen. As far as these situations, though, one thing that I want to point out, and I think it's our third episode, it's the rain is a good thing episode. Mm-hmm. We talk about, it was Steve and I, we talk about our experience through Hurricane Harvey and how even through that awful situation where a lot of bad happened, a lot of good came from it. Right. And so what happens is, does God allow these bad things to happen? Yes, he does. But he works in it. But he uses them to create good. Correct. And I want to point out, even from that, look at what is the worst thing that could possibly happen? God dying, right? Which is what happened. Jesus was crucified. Jesus is God. That's the worst thing that could possibly happen. And yet from that, he made the greatest thing happen, which is our salvation. Mm -hmm. And so we see that in this evil, God allows it because of sin that has entered the world, but he still uses it for good. So I know that doesn't help a lot of people because it still sucks and it still hurts. 
but that's... And maybe that's not enough for some people in, in, in your state. But the reason I asked that question is because, like I said, this, this movie paints that picture, but also because, kind of like Clint said, we're not apologists. We're just regular people like you. I wish I was. That'd be so, cool. So it is a question, if, if it's one that you struggle with, to sit with, to pray with, or to seek an answer to. Go ask someone or research, you know... I, I want to challenge and provoke that thought of like, why does this happen? Because it is it is something that's hard with our faith. Yeah, and if, if you want some somewhere to find this, I would say go check out Catholic Answers. Mm-hmm. So they have a podcast, they have a TV show, all that stuff. And they answer that question all the time, much better than I can. And then Matt Frad's show, Pints with Aquinas, he talks about how Thomas Aquinas answers that, mm-hmm. and he breaks it down really well too. Yeah. So either of them are very good sources for that. So, jumping right in then, in this movie, it, we, it, the scene opens with uh, Will Smith's character, which is, his name's Howard, and we actually get that he has, they're working for a marketing firm, and it seems really fancy and nice, so it's almost like the Apple or the Google of, okay. of this show, but it's a marketing firm, so they're, they're, they advertise for certain agencies, and his, it's, it's a 50-50 company, and so, not Howard, but the other guy's like opening this monologue, and then he's like, "Now I'm going to pass it off to the real brains behind this whole thing, Howard." And he comes up, and it's Will Smith, and he's smiling, he's smart, and you you don't realize this at the time, but then you kind of notice that it's on, like an onboarding for new employers, and so he's like getting them excited about the company, and he starts mm-hmm. with this question of like, "What is your why? Like, why did you wake up today?" Why did you put on the clothes that you put on today? Why did you eat whatever you ate this morning? Why are we here? Like, what is our why? He's like, the simple answer is connection. Life is about people. At the end of the day, we're here to connect. Love, time, death. These three abstractions connect every single human being on earth. Because in the end, we long for love. We wish we had more time and we fear death. And so like you kind of get that's his way to get people on board, but he also it's almost like a code that he lives by. Hmm. And that's why this company do, is so good and what he does what he is. So I'm just going to that's the intro to pretty much the movie. I think it's self-explanatory, but maybe you want to speak into what what you think with that. Whew. Yeah, that's the intro. Yeah, that's <laughs> the, like the first 5 minutes. Yeah, that's that's a lot right away. So love, time, and death. He's simply saying that's what connects everyone on earth as people, and it's yeah. true. I, I think he's he's definitely on to something there. I think that as, as far as the death part, hopefully as Christians, this is something that we can overcome, or not overcome, but what is what I'm looking for? We, we shouldn't fear death. We shouldn't look for it. But we as Christians know that there's a resurrection too. So. Yeah, and there's another form of death as Christians too, yeah. not as the physical death, but like dying to ourselves right. in order to embrace that love. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so ultimately it's like there's birth and life, and through this time that we live on earth, we grow in love, mm-hmm. but then there's also God's love. And then death on earth or death to ourselves, but between all that, with time... Like I said, he's like, we connect. Mm-hmm. We grow as a brothers and sisters of Christ. 
And then as soon as he finishes that, it flash forwards and you see that like, it, it looks like he's aged tremendously, but it's not, he's, it's not, it's like a few years. It's just that he's gone through some type of tragedy and you don't know. And he's not the same person. Like he's, his, he looks lifeless and mm-hmm. old and he's just playing and building dominoes. Like he's, he's in his office and he does nothing but build like massive towers and like things of dominoes. And then he just lets it topple and it all goes and then he walks away and you see the one guy that was his partner his name's wit and then three other people or two other people so there's three people that seem to be like the other people that are like own this place too and work alongside him they're like mm-hmm. how long did this one take five days and so it seems like he just builds his things for could be one day up to like 10 days and then knocks him down and starts over and that's just in the state he's in and so you find out that he's, he's lost a child. Mm. Um, his child died. Mm-hmm. And uh, one and a half years later after the death, he's finally back at work. But he's really not even returned to life itself. He's just shut out. And you get the, you get the idea that Wit, Claire, and Simon, which are his buddies that he works with on the board, they're about to lose their largest client because he's the head of that, cl- he's the head of that client. He's the one that's the relations. And right. he's just stopped working. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, we're about to lose this. And if we lose this, we and everyone else in this building loses their jobs. And he's like, but they've cut us a deal. They'll give us like this percentage as long as the board votes yes. But Howard owns 60% of the vote. And so they need him to vote yes. But they can't even talk to him as a regular person. And that's pretty much where they're at. And so you, but you get this idea that they're not really like about the money and the company. And so it's like, they're trying not to like let what they've worked up topple. But at the same time, Claire says like, Howard is brilliant. He's creative. He's a charismatic guy. And he used to love life, but right now he hates it. And then Wit, his best friend that he started everything with is like, I try to talk to him. I try to reach him and he's not there. I just miss him. Mm-hmm. And they just really want him to be better. And it's like, this is the premise for the movie. And so Wit find out he's divorced and the way he was got divorced was like his wife hired like a private investigator to find out what was really true so he hires that same private investigator to follow howard around because they get the idea of since they can't get him to a meeting or anything if they can f- prove through maybe how he lives his life that he's unfit to vote then that'll be enough mm. so they get him to follow and so the private investigator finds out that he pretty much lives a simple life he goes home, he has no phone, no internet, and he just usually he sits at a dog park for like hours on end and then goes home, doesn't really do anything, wakes up, goes back to work, plays with dominoes, goes back to dog park, repeat. Sorry. <laughs> and But then she finds something interesting because he goes to a mailbox and puts letters in, and so she like forges a key to get those letters, and he finds out that he's been writing letters to love, time and death and he's and he's angry he's he's like almost coping by talking to these abstractions that he used as a way to connect with people and now he's like love i hate you you like betrayed me time like people think you're a good thing but you're not and death why didn't why do you exist he's just so mad Mm -hmm. um so Wit comes up with his other idea. He's hanging out with his mom, and his mom's lost it. She's 
kind of got dementia, so she's losing what's real and what's not. And Wits mom or Howard's mom? Wits, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, Wits. He lives with his mom, and he, he said he was hanging out once, and he always tried to, like, fight it, like, be like, Mom, you know that's not real. And that would just agitate her and make her mad. And it wasn't until he said some wise man told him to try to embrace her reality that things worked out. So you notice as she's sitting at his house and she's like, the wolves are meeting outside again all the night, all the time at midnight. And he's like, don't worry, mom. I hired a raccoon and he's got a microphone in the trash can. We're going we're gonna to record everything. And she's like, oh, well, I know nothing about that. And like, that's their relationship. <laughs> and he's like, so why don't we enter into Howard's reality? If he's talking to these people, let's embrace it. And so they hire three actors to pretend to be love, time, and death, and death oh, almost wow. like a Christmas carol, Yeah, that come with the letters and talk back. That's pretty much where we've come to. So death comes first. So death comes first, and she meets him at the dog park. And pretty much she just introduces the idea of like, hey, I'm death. Here's the letter you wrote about me. And he's just like, nope. And that's the first time you hear him talk. He's like, <laughs> and he just gets up and leaves. And she's like, I know this usually doesn't happen, but it's happening. And he's like, no, I don't want this. I'm losing my mind. I'm crazy. Leave me alone. And like, that's it. Like he, he leaves. And so it is until time shows up in his office with the dominoes. He's like playing around. He's like, you're in the wrong spot. And he's like, no, I'm in the, I'm in the right spot. And he's like, you said time. Or he starts reading the letter. Time opens the letter. He shows him and he's like, crap. Okay, what now? And he's like, he starts reading and time says, time. They say you heal all wounds, but they don't talk about how you destroy all that's good in the world. How you turn beauty into ash. Now that's some BS. And he's talking to him now. He's like, now it's some BS, Howard. Because if love is creation and death is destruction, then I'm just the terrain in between. You don't understand time. No one understands time. Einstein was close when he called it an illusion. It's like, Howard, I'm a gift. And you're just wasting it. And Howard doesn't want to talk. And every time they, they kind of choreograph moments where like strangers walk by or other people walk in and they don't see, they don't quote unquote see them to make him think like he's the only one that sees them. Mm. And so I just want to stop with that with time and kind of see what you feel. Because I think time is one of the three that's like less something we talk about because God's beyond time and mm-hmm. time isn't really something that it, it exists, but it doesn't in, in an essence. Um, yeah. And so what do you think about what he just said and what's your take on time? Whew. Yeah. Big question. Uh, so I'm going to actually start with your second question. So what's my take on time? Yeah. So the way I understand it, and again, I'm not an apologist, so... That's going to be my excuse for this episode. <laughs> I'll just title uh, this episode, Not an... I'm not an apologist. <laughs> I apologize. I'm not an apologist. <laughs> okay, so for time. As far as I understand, there are two different types of time. In Greek, they're, they're both named in Greek. So the first one is chronos, which is the time that we're usually talking about. So this chronological, linear time. Okay, so it's a very physical time. It's the time that we need to like actually have tangible physical things stay together without it the material world would not exist so that's the time that we usually talk about but because humans are both physical and spiritual we also exist within this other form of time called kairos it's a spiritual time Mm -hmm. that one is a lot harder to understand because it doesn't operate 
within the same limits as this physical time. We can't understand it or like use science to understand it the way that we can in the material world because we can't use science to understand something that's not material. Right. So we have those two different types of of time, and then to kind of give you perspective, that's the 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 time that angels exist within, right? Because they are spiritual beings. Right. God is outside of both of them, which is why he is able to act freely. So that's my take on time. As far as the conversation, I think this is really clever. I think this is really cool sounding. I'm kind of excited to see what comes next. But his, his statement that love creates... Death takes away. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm misquoting this. No, yeah, love love is creation, and death is destruction. And he's kind of I'm just the in between, the thing that helps cre- like let happen. Yeah, I think that that's really interesting. I think we have for all three of those things: love, time, and and death. We have like all these sayings that we use to try and understand them. Right. But I don't think anyone ever really, really understands, and they all kind of like miss the mark of like what we're trying to explain, you know? And I think when he says that, again, I don't know the exact quote, but when he says like, you're wasting the time that you have, it's a gift and you're wasting, you're wasting it. That's so true. Yeah. You know, like I think all of us do that, you know, even if we're not sitting there playing dominoes all the time, maybe we're watching like 10 episodes of a TV show in one day guilty you know <laughs> like maybe we're spending too much time on on social media I, I was doing some research a while back and i learned that like within the a life span of like an average person nowadays like if we stay at the same time on social media that we have in the past year or two then we could in our lifetime travel to the moon and back like over several thousand times yeah like it's ridiculous or we could hike mount everest like again several thousand times yeah like we are wasting the gift that we have there's so many amazing things that we could be doing we could be spending that time getting to know our creator i actually was in prayer uh, once and i started laughing because i had this thought of just like it's so like ironic and funny that time which God is like outside of who doesn't like God doesn't need time exists in our world. Like he gave us time just so that we have, just so we could offer it up for him. Well, just, just so, so we, we could, could use it to get to know him. Yeah. So we had we yeah. have to like, he gave us this thing that he doesn't have or need so we could sacrifice it to get to know him. That, that actually reminds me of college. When I was a freshman, I was like, I went to a Catholic college to grow in my faith, you know, and all that stuff. But there was a lot of stuff that was happening like the first semester there where I was kind of like turning from my faith like mm-hmm. right away. And I remember, I think it was like December or January of my freshman year. Someone came up to me and they said, why don't you like go to daily mass? I'm like, oh man, I don't have time for that. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, what are you doing that's more important than spending time with God? I literally looked at him, could not think of anything, and said, I'll see you at Mass. <laughs> and literally from that point on, like throughout college, I went to daily Mass almost every single day. And it was like 
transforming. Right. You know, and just because he asked me that question, like, what are you using your time for that is more important than spending time with God? Right. And I had no answer. Yeah. I also just love that idea of a gift because I've been taught, I've been going through confirmation with my kids and, you know, we talk about gifts of the Holy Spirit and other like fruits and gifts and virtues. And so you don't really think of gift uh, time as like a gift, but but then we do say it without saying it when we say like it's such a gift to be awake or it's such a gift to have this new day and that's essentially what we're saying for like it's a gift to have this more time yeah. like my time's still here on earth i was actually i was just listening like i said to some of our old episodes i was listening to the hashtag blessed one that we did with Brittany bach and i talked about the spiritual activity that i do at night before i go to bed where i go through my day and like think of everything in my life mm-hmm. like and then I thank God for it and just having that gratitude for each of those gifts, even things as small as like, God, thank you that I had a spoon to eat my cereal this morning. You know, like just small things that we always overlook. Thank you that I have tea that I took from Sarah today, you know, right. stuff like that. Just like all those things that we, we have as gifts that we, we take for granted. So after this happens, you, you kind of see this, image that Howard walks by um, a building where there seems to be like a it's a, a, a grief support group okay. for this purpose people have lost their children oh. um, and he never has gone inside he just kind of watches outside the window um, but after death and time meet up with him he finally goes inside mm. and they're like she's like hello what is your name and sits down and she starts to like ask like what's your daughter's name he gets up and she's like no you don't have to share it's okay so he just sits there and as he leaves she runs out and she's like it's nice to meet you my name is my name is madeline my daughter's name was olivia she died of a rare like uh form like brain thing also short for gbs she Mm -hmm. was only six years old and like that's how everyone seems to introduce themselves this is who i am this is who my daughter was or this is my son was like speaking about them like brings it to truth and let like lets them still exist mm-hmm. and she's like are you here because it's the holidays and it's hard and he's like no and she's like well why did you come tonight then and he's like i'm here to try to fix my head and you know we we know he means like i'm seeing things but in the same sense it's just speaking into like grieving and help and like how when we grieve we're, we're, we're trying to fix our own th- human thoughts and our own human Mm -hmm. brokenness to to be more fully in the right way right and then right after this he's going he he's going to go to dinner like the next day or a few days there's really no like actual like linear time in this movie yeah um like most movies that you end up watching and love shows up and all he wrote in the letter to love was goodbye and so she's like Mm. i don't know what to go off of here and so she's like, she sits down and he's like, seriously, I'm eating really. And she's just like, you said goodbye. And that we don't get to choose who we love or who loves us back. And that means you're powerless to me as long as you're alive, because I'm the fabric of life. I'm within you. I'm within everything, Howard. And if you can accept that, then maybe, I don't know, maybe you can live again. And he gets up and leaves. <laughs> Love is my favorite because obviously, like this, is where we're going to get 
most of our ideas yeah. for God. But. Well, and it's just so chaotic because it sounds like the actor could have gone anywhere with that. Yes. You know, and the thing that she decided to go off of is that whether you want to believe it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah. No, you take it. Whether you want to believe it or not, I'm here. Right. And you already mentioned God is love, right? We talk about that all the time. I know. But if God is love and God is everywhere, whether you want it to be or not, that's just true. Like, just because you don't believe in God doesn't mean that he isn't there. You can't just say goodbye. Yeah. I mean, you can, but it's not going to change anything. It doesn't change anything. So that's kind of the first thing that comes to mind for me is that what you believe does not change reality. And if God is real and we believe it to be, then if we change our mind, that doesn't change that God exists. Yeah. Hopefully that made sense. Yeah. I also love just that I'm within you. Mm. I'm within everything. Mm -hmm. And then she ends it with, and if you can accept that, then you can live again. Like if you accept that I exist and I'm within you, then you have life. Yeah. Ooh, (laughs) that's good. I got the Um, shakes there a little bit. So after that, he goes straight back to Madeline. Like he doesn't make it to the meeting, but he makes it right after they leave. And he's, and she's like, Hey, what's up? And he's like, okay, kind of losing my mind. (laughs) So he explains everything that's going on and they're sitting down. She's like, let's just go for a walk. Let's have dinner. And so they're having dinner and she's like, I've never had anything like angels or things like that happen to me, but I'll tell you a story that happened to me that I hold on to. And she's talking about how she was sitting in the waiting room as her daughter was dying. And the woman was sitting next to her and it's like, are you losing someone? And she says, yes. And the woman says, well, just make sure to notice the collateral beauty. That in this, there is beauty that's going to come from it. And so I looked up the word collateral. It's something pledged as security for repayment of a loan. So it's like a security deposit. When something doesn't go the way it's supposed to, they use this. Mm -hmm. So with the death of this child, here's this collateral beauty that shows up. And he thinks it's a load of crap. He's just like, I made a mistake. There's no such thing as collateral beauty. I'm going to go. And before he like like heads off, she's like, Howard, it's a gift that love, death, and time are showing up right now. They're trying to help you engage provoke them and she challenges him to like actually talk back um and he thinks it's a bunch of baloney yeah and i mean just this idea of collateral beauty reminds me of like permissive versus perfect will Mm -hmm. you know so like god has a plan and it when when people always say that like bad things happen and people are like oh that's part of god's plan it it's part of his permissive will which means that he allows it to happen and he makes good come from that. But that is not what God intends. God doesn't no. force these bad things upon us, right? His perfect will, if we were to go along with his perfect will, then we wouldn't have bad things. We wouldn't have original sin to begin with. But because we have free will, he knows that we choose things outside of what he wants. And he allows that. But from that, like we said at the beginning, he makes good come from that. And I think that's exactly what collateral beauty is talking about, like finding the good things from the bad things. Right. And so after this, they still don't have anything to help dismiss his vote. And so like, you guys got to go once more. You guys got to go see him again as time, death, and love. 
And so this time they decided to hit him all at once, not together, but like in the same day, just line after line. And so time shows up first. He's riding his bike to work and time's on a skateboard and he grabs it and he's like, hey, remember me? I'm time. You wrote, you wrote me because you need me. Like he even says that and it's like, okay. And he's like, I'm a gift and you're wasting it. And you, you see him like get mad and he like breaks the bike and like sends time on the skateboard like falling. And he's like, what, you got something to say? And he's like, yeah, I got a lot of things to say to you actually. And he's like, well then say it. Because you're wasting time. I've given you a gift and you just waste it. And he's like, I don't care about time. He's like, this is a prison sentence and I don't want your gift because you took hers. And this is idea of like how we've used time now. He's like, this isn't a gift. It's I'm I'm having to live in this terrible world now with mm-hmm. because of you. And you took her time away. And there's really nothing I don't think to add to this unless you have something, except we go back to when he first showed up and he's like time doesn't really do anything he just exists to allow love and death to exist Mm -hmm. and so it's this misconstrued i think this is where we get this idea that like we can have misconceptions or or perceptions can be clouded or, or blinded versus what's true and as soon as he runs off he's getting on the train and death shows up again and she's just like i got a story there's two twins in a womb and one starts to question like whether they'll be out get out of here whether there's more to this and they don't they don't know and the other one just knows of the umbilical cord that they're holding on to and he grabs this and he's like i don't know what's next but all we have is this to like believe in Mm -hmm. and he's like oh that's cute and then he goes he just starts unloading he's like i've heard all of your platitudes and you you kind of spoke in this saying like we kind of just try to explain time death and love in our own ways he's like i've heard all your platitudes i got them i know she's in a better place and this is all a part of the master plan i've heard that one too and he's like here's my favorite god looked down and saw the most beautiful rose so beautiful that he picked it to have it in heaven just for himself he's like and then there's science biocentrism and we're all living and dying in infinite universes all the time and then the religion like the Christians and their salvation, the Buddhists and their samsara, the Hindus and their 31st sacrament. And don't forget the poetry. Oh, the poetry. To die is different from what anyone's supposed to... Uh, and luckier. That's Whitman. He's like, in rage, rage against the dying of the light. It's Thomas. And then row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. And he's like, and I understand it all basically says that you're a natural part of life and we shouldn't hate you. We shouldn't fear you. And I guess we should just accept you, right? Like, but that's not it. Like, here's the thing. It's a bunch of BS because she's not here holding my hand and like leaves. And once again, just misconceived idea of what death is because he's saying it's a natural part of life. And as you already stated, it's not. It's not. And, and that's why it's so hard, you know, and first off, I want to say like, if someone is suffering or going through something like this, you don't want to address them with things like, oh yeah, it's, it's not real. Or even, or like I said, said, it's in, she's in a better place now or, but just to be there, you know? And so even a lot of things that we've said on here, like, like you said, the Christian idea, like if someone doesn't believe it, especially in that moment, kind of telling them that might not even be the best thing for them at in that moment the thing about the rose where god 
comes down and picks the most beautiful rose or like there's another angel in heaven now first off these things sometimes like make us feel better you know and it's not important enough to correct people in the moment like if that's what they're saying as they're suffering and it makes them kind of feel better cope with Mm -hmm. it then allow them in that moment to to do that but first off angels humans are humans we have a human soul we do not have an angelic soul and so at no point when we die and go to heaven assuming we do go to heaven do we become angels right they are separate beings in fact we as humans if we go to heaven we'll be human very much so in the catholic church i guess in the christian church we call them saints if you're a human in heaven right a holy person who who did it who made it and as far as finding the perfect person on earth to to pluck up and bring to god that yeah i mean god doesn't want us to die no he didn't intend for us to die right and so the idea that picking us up and and bringing us closer to him god does want us to be with him period he wants all of us to be with him but he doesn't want us to suffer and so like we said earlier god doesn't intend for the suffering to happen and we we can't even on these things where it makes it sound like good where god is doing this for a good thing it's not god killing people right god doesn't kill people you know (laughs) people kill people and so I think it's just important to, to know that, yes, it does help us cope. And so a lot of the times it's not appropriate to uh, kind of call people out in that as they're suffering because that would just make things worse. But just something to, to think on. Yeah. And I also think the only other part of this huge monologue is that we can see that he has studied death and he like knows everything. And he's trying to just make sense of it all. Mm -hmm. like nothing that he's found so far explains anything to him and so he's just searching for something yeah and so finally he gets off the train and goes up and there's love waiting for him this is one of my favorite interactions between any of them it's the second time he sees love and she just starts rambling she's like i know you don't believe me but you have to trust me and he's like i did trust you i trust you and you betrayed me because i saw you every day in her eyes i heard you in her voice and when she laughed and i felt you inside of me when she called me daddy and you betrayed me and you broke my heart. And she's like, no, I'm in all of it. I'm in the darkness and the light. I'm the sunshine and the storm. Yeah, you were right. I was there in her laugh, but I'm also now here in your pain. I'm the reason for everything. I'm the only why. Don't try and live without me, Howard. Please don't. Mm. Um, and it, that's the first time he actually like looks back as she walks away and is like, that was almost good enough. The only why. Yeah. I know, I know I'm going long here, but I think that's really, really important. I mean, going back to like God is the love, right? God calls himself I am. He is. He is the only why. He is the cause of all things, and he is being itself. So he is the only only why. Yeah. That's just really cool. Yeah. No, that was the line that was like, oh, yeah. Because not everything she says is true. Love isn't the storm. Like we just said, he's not 
the, he's not death. He doesn't kill people. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that is true is I was in her laugh, but I'm also here in your pain. Like he does exist in love, does exist in that moment. In the darkness, yeah. Yeah. And after this, they have the meeting. They have enough. They've kind of filmed these moments where he's yelling at him, and then they edited out the people to make him look crazy. And they're mm. showing this to the board member, and he's, like, watching it. And he's like, look, I'm obviously not in the right state. I'm disappointed in all of you for doing this, but I get it. Um, and then the one thing I didn't mention was that each one of his friends spent time with one of the actors. So Wit actually spent time with Love to help her out and, like, see what she was doing. And each one spent time with a certain person we learn more about themselves too when they're dealing with something. So Wit, his daughter hates him for cause it blames him for the divorce and he's not like doing anything about it. And that's what she says when, cause she finally like doesn't want to do the one that's playing love doesn't want to do it anymore. And he's like, please just do it one more time. And she's like, I'll make you a deal. If you put all the effort you're putting into this, into loving your daughter and winning her back, then I'll do it. And it's like he's had, he, he needs to work on love. Mm-hmm. The one that's spending time with death, we've, we quickly, quickly find out he's dying of cancer. Something mm-hmm. he's been struggling with since he was a kid, but finally it's one. And he hasn't told his wife. He hasn't told anybody. Wow. And she's, he's like, you need to tell them. And he's like, what? To, to bring in pain and suffering? She's like, yes, but also to bring in like a chance for them to say goodbye. And then the one that's spending time with time is the female Claire. And she keeps reading up on like sperm donors and people because she thinks she's running out of time to have a kid and raise a family. Mm-hmm. She's put so much time into the work. She doesn't put time in herself. And at the end of fruition, like we realize that Howard's seen all this. He's like, I'm leaving. I'm stepping down. But also like, I'm sorry. Like you need to be with your kid. Like, you don't know if she's going to be here tomorrow. Stop wasting your time hmm. and efforts on me and be with her. And then like you, I know you've been trying to hide it, but I know you're dying and I'm just making an impossible situation even harder for you. And then you, you spent so much time helping me out that you don't have a family for yourself. And time ends up telling her in the end, it's not too late. I think, I think, I know you think it's too late, but there was this guy down the street who gave me Brave New World. I turned minutes into seconds reading that book and I look up to him as my dad. And this lady, I know under the bridge, she she did this and this and like raised me in this way and I look up to her as my mom. It's like, kids don't come from you but they come through you. And you can still be a parent to someone. And I thought that was really powerful. And the idea of like accepting of death and so when the other one finally tells his wife, um, they just embrace and like share in this moment with what they have now. Hmm. And finally, Howard comes back to Madeline's house on Christmas Eve. He's like it's Christmas Eve. Do you mind if I um, hang out with you? And she's like, Yeah. Like you were crying. And she's like, Yes. Yeah. So I was watching a video of Olivia playing with her dad. We'd like to see it. And he's still. She's like, No. We don't know the name of his kid or anything about it. And just he grabs an image of her child. And she's like, My daughter's name was Olivia. She died of a rare form of GBS. She was only six years old. Howard, what was your daughter's name? And he can't do it. And then she just clicks play, and the video in the background starts up, and you see he's the one 
playing with Olivia. And no way. He starts crying and he's like, My daughter's name was Olivia. She died of a rare form of GBS. She was only six years old, and they just like hug and he's crying and finally he's like alive again. He just had to admit it. She kept treating him like a stranger since they met, so you would never Oh my gosh. But they that was their kid and he wasn't really going to grieve, but he was going because that was his his wife. Um, and it's just this story of acceptance that we can't necessarily explain why bad things happen all the time. But we have to just understand that through love, time, and the fact that death does exist, whether it's a creation, whether it's meant to or not, like we're going to connect with people and we need people in our lives to help us through the bad times and the good. Yeah. Wow. Now that sounds really good. Yeah. I kind of wish I would have seen it now. You should still watch it. Yeah. It's still good. Dang. Wow. Um, so cool. So my challenge for you guys with this one is to actually, whether it's in your own time at home or if you want to go to adoration, write a small paragraph to love time and death and like what you would want to say to them if they were people and then pray with it but change it to god like what are you saying pray to god because maybe like him he's mad at them and that's a way to pray we should be we should take our anger to god maybe he's sad we should take that to god so write whatever you want to write to love death and time in your current situation in life and pray with it. And Gordon and I are literally going to adoration like once we're done here. So we will be doing this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let us know how it goes, guys. Obviously, you don't need to share your letters with us, but no. just let us know. What, might, maybe come, what comes from it? Yeah. Hopefully there's some fruit. Shout outs. Obviously to Liz Flores for recommending this and making me cry like a baby again. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, I got some shout outs. So because we have all of these things that we're kind of growing in as far as the, the podcast, uh, we're kind of reaching out to different mediums and stuff like that. We'll be announcing very, very soon. We have been reaching out to different people for help because the three yeah. of us cannot do it on our own. So I want to give a shout out to Casey. Uh, and I don't know if we want to announce what they'll be doing. Sure. Why not? We're going to do it. So Casey will be one of our writers for our blog, which will be on on our website. Mm -hmm. And then Alec will be doing video editing for us. So all of the videos we'll be putting out bi-weekly very, very soon. So stay tuned for those. And huge shout out to those guys because without their help, we would be drowning in work. So thanks, guys. And with that, thank you guys for joining us on the adventure this week. Please, please, please continue to subscribe and share us with others. We literally depend on you to, to reach out to, to new people all the time. So if you want to know how to do that, go to the notes section below. The website will be launched very, very soon if it isn't already by the time we send this out. So go check that out. It's going to be thechristinculture.com. So check that out. And have a great week, guys. Bye.